Warning, MF Uncensored contains adult language and discussion. Listener discretion is advised. We're a couple of misfits. We're a couple of misfits. What's the matter with misfits? That's where we fit in. We're not happy and dilly. Don't go around willy nilly. Seems to us kind of silly. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to MF Uncensored. Don't forget, if you guys are listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, basically anywhere you get your podcast. And don't forget, you can find more of our content on our website, themisfitfaction.com. I'm Paul, one of your hosts, and with me today via the Zoom studio, because that is how you do interviews now. One of the best things to come out of the last couple of years was Zoom and talking to people on Zoom. I have Miss Jenny Lee. Jenny, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. And it's a Sunday we're recording this and it's just so, I don't know, serene right now here, you know, like there's no responsibilities and I just feel so free. So yeah, it's, it's all good. It's funny. We were talking beforehand about like Sunday just being the low key, like, see, it's like the secret best day of the week if you know how to do it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It is really a break, especially like, you know, in this culture of hustling and bustling and, uh, you know, grinding. It's like the harder you work, like the noble you are. And uh, I don't know, like, how authentic is that? Like, are we working hard for ourselves or is it like for other people's approval? Oh, yeah. Right? Like, I, I yeah. It's, it's weird. We live in a society today where Everybody says that you need to work hard, work hard, work hard and hustle and hustle and hustle. And then when you start to be like burnt out or start to just feel it, people are like, nope, you're not allowed to feel that. Just keep going, keep going. I find that taking the days to just kind of, you, you need a reset and whatever day works for you is probably for the best. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's not just like about resetting. And I feel that humans are like in this incarnation to just be, to just be, mm-hmm. you know, just like, you know, be human. And mm-hmm. when you're like working and hustling and bustling and grinding, I mean, if, if it's not based on inspired action and you're doing this for like you know, a reason that is inhuman, right? Because I want money so I could buy these things. I want more money so I could prove certain things to these people. Like, isn't that like separating from your true purpose as human, right? Living in this world. And that's pretty much like, you know, what I find so much. But then like, you know, if, if you kind of follow that code, then you're such a good fit to society, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're such a good person. So that's why I love your podcast, like talking about misfit. And I just came to this realization a while ago, being a misfit is really being authentic, just being yourself, you know, in a way that is not prescribed by society. Yeah, oh, that, I, love that, I like that. I might make that into a t-shirt. I might steal that from you, actually. So, well, it's funny you say that because like we talk a lot about purpose and and what you're here to do. Like for me, I know that one of the things I'm here to do is to podcast. It's something that I love and something that I'm super passionate about. But then you look at like my dad. My dad has the best work ethic you'll ever meet in existence. Like my dad was working since he was like seven. He's exceptionally successful and, you know, he's done really well for himself, but he loves it. Like it, it makes him happy. They're forcing him to retire soon because he just doesn't want to. So like <laughs> some people that that is their purpose, like to work hard and to do well. And then for other people, it's it's different throughout. But I feel like people get more rewarded for, for hustling and, and working hard all the time. And they're viewed differently in society. Me, I think it's super important to take a breath, 
to, to find what you're passionate about and do your passion rather than just work. Anybody can work, but finding like what you're here to do, I think it's much more satisfying at the end of the day. Oh yeah, exactly. Well, the saying, right? Like do what you love and you're, you never work for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And okay. So if working on certain things, like your father does, you know, if that makes him happy, that makes him feel aligned with his purpose, then like, it doesn't matter if he does that until like 120 or hundred and you know, or a thousand years old, right? Because like he's on his path that makes him the happiest. And that's what I wanted to do. So it's like, okay, like I'm natural an artist, but then like I am forced to work in some corporate, right? That is so misaligned. Right. And on the way, like I would feel so, it's like toiling the whole time. And that is not natural. And so, yeah, that's how I feel when people start to have emotional problems, right? Mental health issues, or well, actually all those problems kind of like manifested as problems, mm -hmm. diseases and things like that, right? Because you're so separated from your self, from your natural self, like what you naturally are meant. To. And so, yeah, that's pretty much why like I'm here, I guess, but I'm also, you know, on the path of like still figuring things out, right? I am naturally a teacher. And yeah, I guess like, you know, that's kind of like what I've been teaching. I mean, what I've been doing, like, you know, even when I'm with my friends, it's like my nature, like, you know, even when I'm talking, there's like some intrinsic teachings in there. <laughs> like, even right now, <laughs> there's like, okay, if you notice, oh gosh, so I can't help being a teacher at some point, but it also depends on the environment and where I'm doing it from. So say if I'm teaching somewhere that like I come from a place of like desperation, like I need the money. That's why I'm teaching here. That does not come out very well right. for me. Usually. But like when I'm teaching, because I like connecting with the people that I'm teaching, that's like, that's when I'm having fun. And that's what, when I feel the most natural. I love so, that. Yeah, yeah that's really you. awesome. Cause like, you know, you can, you can do what you do and enjoy what you do, but it's when it's like everything lines up. You were talking about how like being on your path and being balanced. Do you find that that's not just in what you do, but also like who you surround yourself with, the places that you go? Yeah. So like, do you try and surround yourself with people that, that match up with your alignment or people that need to align themselves? Like what, what kind of people do you tend to gravitate towards to then? I like people who are also on the path of bringing themselves and on the path of healing you know, and who are motivated to look for something bigger than themselves and you know who, who are striving to be the best version of themselves just like me and then i would you know i would be surrounded people who are you know who are, who are supportive of me because i want to improve and then they want to, and then we would be inspiring each other with like, you know, each actions that, you know, each action that we take. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that's, that's really important, like compared to people who say, you know, in a victim mode, that's really not inspiring. And that, that would bring me down. Yeah. <laughs> and so I like people that I have fun with when I'm hanging out with them too, mm -hmm. you know, um, because I feel like point of us living is really to have fun and you know if not if you're not having fun like what's, what's the, point? the point yep yeah and the growth is supposed to be fun that journey to something better is supposed to be fun so yeah that's pretty much my priority when i choose a path 
is to ask myself, is this going to be pleasant? Am I going to have fun on the journey? See, you, you say that like somebody who maybe when they were on their path, it didn't always go so, so pleasant because unfortunately we do have to learn and we, we tend to learn the hard way. Most people, you know, I'm in my thirties and it's a weird time for me because a lot of the people that I surround myself with are either, they're either getting married like I did, or they're, you know, they're buying houses or they're moving up in their career. And then I have my friends who get blackout every weekend, who live their best lives, like they're enjoying it in that regard. And it's just not the same alignment anymore. And you find that as you get older, your your friend groups start to change, goals start to change, and the people that don't line up sort of just kind of start to to fade away, which isn't a bad thing. It's not like, you know, it's not necessarily like when you're young, every you want to be friends with everyone. When you're young, yeah. you want to be you want to be popular, you want to do this, do that. And so it, it's interesting that you say that in like, you know, for you, it's about surrounding yourself with people that kind of bring out the best. And I love that. Yeah, exactly. And I think it also takes time for you to be clear with what you want to be as you get older, mm -hmm. right? And then you start to be clear about what your values are. And then you start embracing that. And then the people that you attract around you are the ones that are, you know, either similar or, you know, the ones that, that you could walk together, you know, with based on the values. And that's why it's just like, you know, a, a symptom of you're evolving, mm -hmm. right? You attract more people of different values than say when you're 18. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. I don't think I'd be resonating with anybody, any of my friends of when I was 18, you know, compared to like now, actually I'm in my forties and I, you know, all I want is of course, you know, peace and serenity and alignment with my true self, because I do, I have this belief that alignment is really something that is like the of the highest truth and the most honest and what brings you the most happiness right That's yeah because I, I i i was like you know thinking of like you know in my 20s like how much i worked for other people's approval mm -hmm. and oh my god how exhausting was that all the time it is a, con <laughs> right? it is a constant stressor and a constant anxiety triggering type thing like I remember at one point I would wake up for work and just be anxious. And sometimes I still mm -hmm. am like it happens and I'm anxious about how the day is going to go and not, not because I want to do well. I do well at my job. That's never my issue. It's more, am I going to get yelled at by a boss? Am I going to do this thing wrong? It's never, I'm going to do my job wrong. It's always, how am I going to interact with the people around me? And I've gotten much better at it just because again, it comes with experience. It comes with a little bit of wisdom, but I, I love that you said, especially the thing about how when you were younger, your friends would interact with you differently. My wife and I, we actually crossed paths like almost probably like a dozen times before we actually met, like in the weirdest possible ways. And then we finally met when we were, I was about 30. She was about 29, maybe a little bit older. And she said to me, like, she's like, you and I would not have been successfully dating if we had met when we were like 21, 22. Like we wouldn't, it wouldn't have worked out at all. And the universe put us together when it was time for us to be together. And like to the point where, and the funniest story, a month before we officially met, we were at the same Kevin Hart comedy show, just opposite ends of the, the stadium. Like the universe was really, awesome. it's the wildest thing. And I'm not usually one to, to subscribe to all that stuff. Like, but my wife was like, she's adamant. She's like, the universe was waiting until we were ready. And now we are. So 
and like challenges that we've had to face, you know, like like a lot of newly married couples, especially during the COVID times, I don't think we would have been nearly as successful had we tried doing it maybe 15 years ago when we were in our Oh my gosh. Yeah. I I completely believe that it's like that 100 percent It's like people that that are with us, like who are around us right now, everything really depends on our readiness, mm-hmm. right? And everything that we let in our lives, it's the people, it's the material things, whatever education material that we could absorb. That is because we're ready for it. And right. it takes some process for you to like forge your readiness for all those things, right? And including your partner, including your wife, right? So yeah, like, I won't say that, I mean, like, you know, in the past, like an example is like when I have like, well, I've gone through so many toxic relationships mm-hmm. and that was because I was living in trauma response. But say if I had met like the most mature man, you know, like, you know, who's ready, safe for like all the wonderful things in a relationship. Like, would I have been ready for that mm-hmm. when like what I was used to just like toxic relationships and like I was responding so much to my triggers and all of that. I was like, I don't think I'd be ready for a mature relationship, but maybe in order for me to get to that mature relationship, I need to go through all the toxic and childish relationships to learn and to refine what I really want in a relationship, right? then I could then regraduate to the mature relationship. Right. Oh, yeah. That's wild. So like, I know you mentioned that you were a teacher. You've been a teacher for like 20 years now, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Since I was in college. It's crazy. (laughs) Teaching is one of the most satisfying things you could ever do. I I find like I do, I teach uh, martial arts lessons. That's, that's what I do. Yep. Yep. What kind of martial arts? I do Taekwondo and I I specialize in teaching. I teach children with special needs. That's like my, my thing. And that's something that I enjoy doing and something that I'm, I'm strangely good at, which is awesome. It's actually, I did a lesson. Like I also do the kids birthday parties or I used to. And I actually did a lesson for my wife's niece like 10, 15 years ago. And she has pictures of me from it before we before we even knew who we, each other were. <laughs> That's so, amazing. It's like so meant to be. It's so, yeah. Well, small towns too. It's very small towns. <laughs> but like we went to the competing high schools too, like her and I. So it's it's even funny yeah. when you really think about it. Well, but, it's really cool. Like, because talking about martial arts, I took Guerra. Okay. Like, you know, talking about like, yeah, yeah. you know misfits of martial arts right <laughs> it's like capoeira like it, it there's really no discipline involved in it right it's just like you know fun the music the community and like letting your body flow and that's why it's like i tried kung fu actually taekwondo mm-hmm. and like you know brazilian jiu-jitsu and like all that stuff and or karate mm-hmm. and like i i just couldn't it didn't fl- it didn't drive I with couldn't you do yeah. it yeah. because there's just like so much i don't know i just found them stiff Right. Kind of like rigid. It just, it wasn't for me. And so a couple where I was just like, oh my God, the music, right? Like the, it's like the whole energy that's just like different. It's all just joyful and, you know, letting yourself flow with it. And so that's why I love it. Yeah. So yeah, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, like you're in Taekwondo, martial arts is like yeah, great. Long time. Like we, I've been to Korea, like we traveled there for an expo once. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yep. Been doing it for probably 25 years now question mark yeah time somebody somebody told me recently they're like the days are long but the years go by fast and it's when i say things like that i'm like oh my god they really do like who who knew i'd be saying that at one point 
in my 20s. <laughs> but uh, so let's talk a little bit more about you because our listeners know me. They don't care about me. They're they're here to hear about you because that's why they listen. Sure. Okay. Right. So yeah. Yeah, go for it. I mean, this is your story. So I know that you've had you've had some challenges. You, you wrote in your bio that you sent to me that, you know, some of the, the challenges that you went through are, where, are the reason you are where you are now. So let's let's start with there if you feel comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. We talked about church before. Yes, we did. Um, fair, yep. <laughs> talking about miss being a misfit, right? Oh my gosh. Like I can't really think of anybody who is like, you know, like more misfit than I am. Like, okay, so I grew up in Indonesia. Okay. And it was a super conservative Chinese family. And around me are the Indonesian Muslims. And so you could see like, you know, how the combination of the conservativeness, right? And then I went to Catholic school and Catholic church. So, ah, yeah, exactly. And so if you actually think about that, like the pressure of me growing up, right, in these communities, it's like, yeah, just being told of like who I could not be, especially as a woman, right? You could only be this. You cannot be this. You cannot be that because you're a girl. You should not be doing this. You should not be acting like that because you're a girl like your job as a woman is to bring honor to the family Mm -hmm. and if you if you're out of line you bring shame and so there's also a lot of shaming right from the cultural point of view it's like oh i dated my second boyfriend oh you're such a slut Mm -hmm. because you have more than one boyfriend in a short time or oh you're showing your limbs like so much skin you're such a slut Mm -hmm. right and so there's a lot of body and sexual shaming and like me and my family we could never talk about sex ever Mm -hmm. like so i had no um nobody to turn to and I, I i didn't know better of course especially like you know and also in that community the muslim community that's very critical of what a woman should be like like you know you're, you're supposed to cover yourself and in order for you to be respected you know you're either probably with a man you know or cover yourself up right and in catholic church oh my gosh right it's like you know oh wow what a gosh it's like if you want to like if you want your self-esteem to be eroded and corroded and like diminished <laughs> go to catholic church go to catholic church <laughs> all, the, all the church that i went to oh my gosh yeah and so i grew up you know with all of that it's like everything that i did was wrong it's right. like oh i climbed a tree i brought shame to the family because i'm not acting like a girl yeah yep it's like things things like that and so a lot of the things that i did was you know for approval and every day growing up, like I was always like walking on eggshells, right? Because like, okay, who am I going to upset today? Who am I going to like, <laughs> like who's going to get mad at me today? So it was, everything was like really punishing. School was punishing. You know, we, they, they use corporal punishment. And oh yeah. My parents too. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so it was like a lot of punishment emotionally and physically. And like all through my life, I was just like, you know, living in this state of trauma response. Mm-hmm. right because it was all trauma like you know if you actually think about that like you know from the beginning of my life and so my sanctuary like how I survived was actually hiding in the library and the stories that I was reading that was like a world that I had to create in my head and that was that was my coping mechanism. So I'm, I'm going to stop you really quick right there. Cause I don't know if you see me like, just kind of like fidgeting. 
It's because <laughs> in another in another instance of the fact that you messaged me and that we set this up and we got this interview done, I no lie, my wife, who is sitting 14 feet away, not only does she work in a library, mm. not only is she the biggest book nerd you might ever meet, but she is also going back to grad school to work in a school library. So oh, that's amazing. I'm like sitting here fidgeting because I'm like, oh, that, that's another sign that the universe, that, that's why we're supposed to be talking. All right. I got it. I'm picking yes, it up. Yes. Exactly. I love it. The library is like, so it's like for a lot of things, I had a lot of like negative, like mm -hmm. triggers. Right. But like when I see bookstores or just like a stack of books everywhere, that's like, oh, you know, okay, so many things that are offered there, right. like, that's like my salvation. So that's kind of like how I learned the power of the mind, mm -hmm. right? It's like, okay, I don't have to focus on the punishments, I don't have to focus on all the negativity, I can focus on like, in all these different worlds and the inspirations that yeah. these books are offering. And you know what, that's really what brought me here. Oh, you know, in this world, like now I'm in the U.S. I live in West Hartford, Connecticut. Oh, you, you, we, that, are, we are not that far apart. That's actually really funny. Oh, I, I didn't know where you were, actually. Yeah, we're, 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 in, we're in New York. So not like not oh too. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, we've that's been, so cool. We, I think we, we were in Danbury like two days ago. So like not, yeah, not too far. That's actually really funny. <laughs> I love Danbury. I feel it's like, so I feel like we're going to run into each other at a bookstore at this point. <laughs> and my wife should be like, why are you talking to that person? And I'll be like, it's Jenny. You were, you were listening right? to the interview. That's really funny. <laughs> How awesome. Oh, small yeah, world. But, you know, that, you know, if anything, like, you know, with my students, like I teach a lot of, well, in, in inner school, inner city school, mm -hmm. and a lot of the kids come from violent neighborhoods, you know, gangster, like, you know, gangs, gang violence and like drugs and like, just like abuse, abusive household and stuff like that. And, you know, something that I offer them is... You know, what about like reading this book or maybe watch a movie, get some inspiration to expose yourself to whatever is possible out there. Because like right now, it's really easy for us to get trapped in this drama, right? Because of like, you know, like a lot of times, you know, the environment that we are born in, like is not our choice, but there's a lesson there. There's a gift there. And for me, of all like, you know, all the suffering that I went through in my childhood, teenagehood and early adulthood. It's an invitation, mm -hmm. you know, for me to get on the other side, right? And so it was like, you know, it's also from the movies. I grew up with a lot of American TV series, like, you know, Full House. Oh, yeah. Diver, yep. Knight Rider. Yep. And all. It's like, oh, my gosh, I love those shows. The classics, Not really yep. anymore because I would look back and it's like, oh, my God, that's like the, the, the most horrible fashion in the 80s, right? Oh, the worst. You can't. Oh. Pop, the mullets. Pops collars, <laughs> all that. Yep, yep. Oh. oh my gosh yeah but those what gave me inspiration of like the kind of world that i want to live in and then like from so after i finished college i went to live in thailand and i, I got a teaching job there i lived wow. there for four years then i got the idea of grad school mm -hmm. and i went to wisconsin or grad school and it was more like an administration like in education kind of thing which right. then i realized it was not for me and i was more attracted to the philosophical side of education mm. that's why i never really became an administrator because there's just too much politics and it is not authentic right you know it's all this drama there yeah it's like when you actually focus on like 
why should we get educated? And you actually dive into the more authentic reason of that. That is because you want to know the reason why you live. It's because you want to at least be acquainted with the purpose, like you know, of life. And it's like you know, your um, and what part you can give in the evolution of the world, right? And that's that's how you know that's what I feel I'm here for, oh, right? Like yeah. when I'm teaching, I'm just not teaching like. English grammar, like I teach English. It's like I would, I I like teaching literature because there's like some moral of the story, some inspiration that is there, like for you to, you know, expand your perspective. Mm-hmm. And then then you know that there's like so much more potential, like of of that perspective and like how you can apply that to your life. So if that makes sense, <laughs> oh, it makes total sense. Like I I grew up, I'm a big movie fan. I love movies. We have another podcast that we do that's all about movies. I also Mm -hmm. really love superheroes. That's like my thing. And for me, it wasn't so much like, I I would get immersed in this world where anything was possible. Like you could do anything. And there was good, there was bad, there was, you know, and then there would be levels in between and like just all these abilities and, and world perspectives. And I think that there's something of so much value. Like when I was growing up, it was don't watch so much TV. Don't want, you know, go outside and play and do all these things. And now as I'm an, as I'm an adult, I'm sitting here going, I'm so passionate about these things. So there, there's nothing wrong with them. It's just the results of how my parents were raised at a certain point where TV was bad for you. TV was the, I was not allowed to watch MTV as a child. Like to the point where it's so ingrained in my brain that I still can't watch MTV. Like I'm always afraid I'm going to somehow get in trouble for for turning on MTV. <laughs> but for me, like even even during the pandemic, as soon as movie theaters opened, my friends and I were there. Like we, we went to go see Wonder Woman 1984, the first movie. Oh my gosh. It was so bad. But like we were just happy to be there and just happy to be in a theater again. And just, you know, and then as like theater started to pack up again, you, more and more people and like we found ourselves everybody was just sitting there quietly everybody was just enjoying the movie people were just happy to be there again and you can find that passion in anything that you do like oh yeah yeah i used to meditate meditation was was a big part of my life and it used to be very stringent it was very like sit sit with your hands a certain way sit with the posture a certain way face a certain direction you know breathe in count your breaths do these all the and then I found that I can do meditation in a lot of different ways. Sometimes it's just it's sitting in the car and just driving around listening to music, not even going anywhere. I find that mm-hmm. exceptionally meditative. I like to work out. I find that exceptionally meditative. So, well, being meditative is really being present mm-hmm. with whatever you're doing, right? Because like this moment right now, this music that you're listening while driving, like it's not going to be the same the next couple of seconds, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So when you're like immersed into that and enjoy that and be grateful about like where you are now, that's meditation. Mm-hmm. Like right right now, I feel like, you know, this whole conversation is so meditative because like I am so full of joy and I'm so enjoying this. <laughs> it's like, yay, like somebody from New York we're talking about like just life and, you know, well, that's what it's, it's- it's- it's one of the reasons that I started doing this show. I and mean, like my friends and I do the show together. We have, you know, a couple of co-hosts, but when it comes to interviews, I'm always like, I'll do the interview. I'll do it. I'll do it. I like doing the interviews and I'll like, I'll go on the group chats and like the Facebook groups and I'll post, you know, we're looking for people to talk to because I love hearing people's stories because it's not the same as me. No. Like I'm, yeah. I'm living my own life. Like I have my own story. And if anybody ever wants to hear my story, they're more than welcome to, but I love 
to talk to people that have such a different life perspective because I also find that when I talk to people who have a very different upbringing or different life than I do or different circumstances, we still find things that connect in some sort of way like you and I have been doing during this episode. And I feel like we live in a world today where if you if it's not the exact same, people don't agree on it in any capacity. Yeah. And it's very this versus that. And I love finding that space in between where it's like, well, how can we connect on different levels? It may not be the exact same, but it's still the same kind of vibe and the same kind of energy. Oh, I love it. It is all because I think when your focus is on the connection, mm -hmm. then you can connect in any way. Right. Yeah. Of course, you're different, and, and it's like you know, it's the differences, it's the diversity that connects you because you're curious and you want to know, you want to learn, you want to expand, right? And that's that's where all the differences, like you know, serve you, I love right? It. Yeah. So for you though, talking a little bit more about your journey, I know you've you've dealt with some other traumas past uh, past your your upbringing, and I believe divorce was one that you mentioned a little postpartum depression mm -hmm. or something. Can you tell me a little bit more about some of that point? Oh, in yeah, life? absolutely. Like looking back, I think. I, I like to see how traumas serve you, mm -hmm. really, especially because, like, you know, I am where I am now. It is because I learned and, like, those trauma, like, you know, the traumas, like, to me, felt like they kind of catapulted me into a better place. Because when you're, like, all right, at the bottom, right, when you're rock bottom, there's no way but up, right? But then you would want to find a way to climb up somehow right and so i would say that that you know like I, I i was a product pretty much of like you know oppressive culture and upbringing right because but then you know thinking about that that got me to aspire for a place where i could be accepted for who i am right and so like with the way that i brought the way that i was brought up like you know how women are just like you know supposed to just be there to serve their husbands that they they are like you know the okay the nurturer but then they're also demanded to be selfless and like you know be pretty much for that culture right like you know be baby factory and all that and so that was the kind of mentality that I went in into a marriage mm -hmm. and like you know little by little and so like you know we already had a lot of problems by the second year of the marriage but then because you know I was taught well you know no matter how how much you know like how suck it is how much suck you know like how much that is like consuming you and how much you're suffering in that marriage but you're a woman, you're supposed to be there for your husband. And deal with and it. And so I had to deal, yeah, to deal with like, you know, whatever bullshit that I had, you know, in that marriage. And like some people was like, marriage is supposed to last, you know, it's like a lifetime commitment. So like, you know, yeah, of course you have to be there. And so I held it out. Like, you know, I, I stayed for like 10 years. Oh, wow. You know, at some point, like, yeah, by it was like the 10th year and my, and at that time, I had already been super exhausted being a mother and that's when everything kind of crumbled around me because yeah there's like you know postpartum depression and you know like I, I was like in this like the, the lowest place in my life emotionally and mentally I, I I was like I had all this suicidal thoughts all kinds of like like inner conflicts that projected that you know that was reflected in my relationship with everybody else around me like I was always angry and everything I used you know, as a reason to be angry 
the politics, you know, it's like, you know, people, you know, with like, you know, that I thought they're like, oh, you're so disconnected with like, you know, the real life. For example, that time, I think I was angry about the, the pipeline, the Dakota, South Dakota <laughs> pipeline, because like my, my mother-in-law, like, you know, did not know. But it's like, how could you not know about that? Like, it's like, yeah, no, it was nothing to be angry about. Really, it's, I was just like so full of judgment, mm-hmm. but that was really just a reflection of like my wellness really because I was exhausted I wasn't sleeping I wasn't taking care of myself and I had this like unconscious story of like me having to take all kinds of responsibility as a wife as a homemaker you know as a mother but like it was also overwhelming and after a year and a half or so it all just like you know like I I, I couldn't hold myself mm-hmm. like my ex-husband that time you know couldn't handle me either nobody could handle me I didn't have any friends you know that's how bad it became and so that's it like we separated mm-hmm. and I finally got a place for myself and that's how I finally got to sit down with myself for the first time and recognize how I've abandoned myself and recognized what I really needed, which is some love and attention, right? That I had been depriving myself of. And so like, you know, from then on, like I took a trip, you know, for the first time in a long time. Then I started to like reacquainted myself with the vastness of the world and the possibilities. And that's how I came back to myself really. I started taking care of myself and started this morning routines where I, an activity that I love the most, then I recognized that ability for me to generate joy within me, right? And because the first thing that I do is joyful, like in the morning, it, that's when the, the, your state of the brain is that, that hypnotic state is between Delta, when you're in a deep sleep mm-hmm. kind of brainwave and Theta. That's like when you wake up and you're groggy, but like in between is like that hypnotic state. And so when you, when you first wake up in the morning and the first thing that you think about is something positive, like, you know, it's going to be a great day, then that's going to be the seed that grows throughout the day. Like it becomes a tree of positivity, right? And that's what I was doing consistently. And I came to recognize my own power to generate my own energy. And like, you know, when I'm consistent enough, that becomes my personality, right? That becomes you. When you start a habit, like that habit becomes you. And so that's how I healed, really. Then I started to listening. I started listening to myself more and I started creating boundaries. And that's another thing too. Like I grew up with no boundaries, right? right? It's like, you're supposed to be that as a woman. And like, but like, you know, nothing about recognizing what you want, do what you want. No, like you you are supposed to do this in order for you to be supported. You're supposed to do this in order for, you know, so that society accepts you, right? And if society accepts you, no matter how much suffering you have, you are fine (laughs) because you are accepted. You're doing it right. right, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's kind of like how I came to realize that, you know, the important relationship you know, that I have, like, before I start any kind of relationship is with myself first, because it is like, you know, when I, when I'm the generator of my own joy, I have, I can then create my life from the place of joy. Mm -hmm. And I can start any kind of relationships from a place of happiness and joy. And that's how my life differed. 
like before, like I would be like, oh my gosh, like I hate my job, right? Like I would just like do my work and go home and just take my paycheck, just and going through the motion like that. But then like I realized it wasn't my job that I hated. Like, you know, it was me and my relationship with myself because like when I started this habit and you know, like generating my own happiness that like my perspective mm-hmm. about my job changed That's my great. performance changed because i started asking myself like before a lesson plan right how can i make this lesson fun or like you know like like i told you like you know these inner city kids because i was depleted and exhausted and unhappy at that point you know i i could not give them any love which you know what they really needed mm-hmm. right but now it's like my relationship with them is so much better and I have so much love to give and like, you know, and it's so much easier for them to, you know, to take my lessons, right? Mm-hmm. Because like, they're so much more receptive because I'm open, you know, to them too. And like, I'm, I'm full with love too. Yes, baby. <laughs> You're hungry. <laughs> He's hungry. <laughs> I love it. Give me five minutes, okay? Well, so now that yeah. somebody's hungry, for those of you guys who are just listening to the audio, that is Jenny's <laughs> son. We we actually talked about it off air about how on our show we tend to not edit anything out because it's always it's always entertaining, it's always funny in some capacity. But I love how you know you're like I have so much love to give, and your son's like I want food. I don't want love right now. I need food. <laughs> right, but like the point is that. My environment did change. What really changed is my inner environment. Like I changed, how I see it changed, my filter changed. Mm-hmm. And that's why how, you know, that's 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 my source of happiness really is my perspective and how I choose to see things. Right? I love that. So we are running low on time anyway, and somebody's hungry besides me for once. So before we go, Jenny, like what I always like to ask the, the very same question at the end of my interviews. It's the one consistent question that I have. What's next? Like, what's in the future for you? Excuse me. I just had to like... <laughs> no worries, no worries. So what, what's next for Jenny? At this point, I feel like I am having a lot of fun, you know, with what I have in my life right now. And I look forward to just have more joy and fun. Something that I that I look forward to is really serving people like, you know, you know, anybody who needs that inspiration on a deeper level. And so I work as a coach, life coach, and I help women with similar things, right? Finding a way for them to generate their own joy. Mm -hmm. And why I choose the morning habits, it is because, you know, that's the most practical, the easiest way of doing that. And so that's like the next thing that I, that I want to dive in more, building a system and structure and, and find out a way how I can, you know, be m- the most effective in serving these women. So yeah, that's what's next for me. So if anybody wanted to, to talk to you about being a life coach or, or get some insight, we do have a lot of younger female listeners, especially. How would they get in touch with you? Is there, Do you have a website? Do you have something like that? I'm most, I'm most active on Instagram. So that would be at Sunny Jenny Lee. And I think I'm going to send you some details Perfect. of my, my social media handles. So if you have show note, you could probably include that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's all, right. all there. That's perfect. All right. Thank you, Jenny, so much for joining us. This was a lot of fun. And I really hope I really hope some of our, especially our female listeners, get something really special out of this because I know I did. And I know that that's your goal to 
inspire and and help people. So uh, yeah, I'm. I, you did a great job on just me. So I hope somebody else is feeling the same way too. <laughs> That's so awesome. Thank you so much Thank for you. having me. It was a Hey guys, it's Paul and the Misfit Faction is looking for your help. We are trying to grow not only our network, but also grow our brands. And the best way to do that is if you guys are looking to start your very own podcast. Maybe you guys have been listening to us for a while. Maybe it's something you guys have always wanted to do, but you're not sure how to get started. If you go to podbean.com slash Misfit Faction, you guys will get a month of free podcasting on us. That is a gift from us. So make sure if you guys are looking to start your own show, you reach out to us and go to podbean.com slash Misfit Faction. Also, maybe you guys have your own online business or service that you're always looking to grow and advertising is a very big part of that if you guys go to sponsorship.podbean.com slash misfit faction you guys can get a hundred dollars worth of free advertising again as a thank you from us to you guys that's sponsorship.podbean.com slash misfit faction Wow, what a great interview. Jenny was fantastic. So make sure uh, if you guys enjoyed the interview, you check out some of her social media. I feel like she'd be a lot of fun to also have back out on the show. But uh, before you guys go, make sure you guys check out our social media. We are on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, whatever it is. Just type in The Misfit Faction. Odds are you'll find some of our stuff. And don't forget to check out our website, themisfitfaction.com. You'll find links to not only this show, which was a featured podcast on Podbean last month, but also another featured podcast on Podbean, The Multi Multiverse Fancast, and also our other shows, Cinematic Adventures, as well as news, reviews, articles, and of course, our merchandise store. We want to thank you guys for listening today, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day. We'll see you next episode.